the Montreal Canadiens select. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select Jesperi Kotkanemi, Ryan Paling, Cole Caulfield. Welcome to History in the Making. I'm your host, Marc Dumont. You've probably heard the news by now, and it's fantastic news. Your Montreal Canadiens will be drafting first overall in the draft that's taking place in Montreal. So what we did is we had a live session on Twitch with Canadian's Director of Hockey Development, Adam Nicholas. If you hear me call out a username, that's the reason this was recorded live. So what we did is we discussed his role, his approach to developing young players, which there are plenty in Montreal, and the importance of having good habits. Get it? Habits. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest, Adam Nicholas, Director of Hockey Development for the Montreal Canadiens. Adam, how's it going, buddy? Hey, bonjour. How are you? Us, it's going well. How excited are you uh, to hear that uh, the Montreal Canadiens will finally get their hands on, on the first overall draft pick? Uh, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Um, it just really gives us a, a really good piece to start building around and, and really bringing the, the team back to where we got to get it to. So obviously we have a lot of work to do before the draft. Um, can you just clarify a little bit? We've seen you work on the ice. We've seen you talk about draft picks. What is your role exactly, Adam, uh, with the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, yeah, so basically I kind of have uh, my hands in a little bit of everything. Um, but uh, the, the primary role is to develop the players and the prospects within the organization to, to really make sure we maximize every asset that we have within the, uh, the organization. So that's the number one priority. And then I, I'm able to, you know, work in other departments so that I can kind of get a good uh, grasp on where I need to move players to. Because hearing other people's opinions and, and listening to how they want players to advance, that gives me good uh, guidelines to work within uh, as well. So obviously you're new to the uh, to the organization, Adam. Uh, tell me, what was it like joining the the Canadians? You know, uh, it's a fresh face. There's, you know, it's a new chapter. This is a team that's written many chapters in the epic, but now it's time to write the next chapter. So, what's it like joining this organization in full uh, full fledged uh, renewal? Well, the, the history of this organization is unbelievable, um, and it gave it gave me goosebumps to have the opportunity when when Kent and Jeff called me. It's I was like really floored with the opportunity, right, to, to be the director here, to really set a foundational uh, element in the player development uh, role and, and being able to build uh, something that I was able to build in Chicago and help build in Toronto. So it's really exciting uh, to have that opportunity here with one of them or the most prestigious franchise in all of hockey and, and almost all sports. Yeah, that was a good correction there. You said one of the no, 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 it is the yeah, that's how we, that's how we do it here. It, absolutely. <laughs> that's right. Listen, I know there's been a lot of changes and you talked about coming in here, but how ready are all of you now? Because I, I, I we spoke before the draft and you've done a lot of homework on the top 10. That's the one you have to hit a home run on, right? I mean, you got you, you, you really got to do your due diligence here. Um, there's not a clear cut you know, franchise player. Right. And so that's where you have to do your homework to make sure you find that guy. Uh, so that's really the process right now is really just doing our homework and, and making sure it's very due diligence, doing our due diligence, I should say, and, and getting it done. Um, and so that's what we're doing. Extensive video work. The, the biggest component is, is trying to figure out what players we can actually enhance and get them to that uh, franchise type uh, uh, player. So that's really what we're trying to evaluate with all the players that are projected to be uh, in the top 15. Regardless of where the Canadians end up, Adam, or who they pick, 
there are very good odds that they'll end up with a franchise altering player, right? Is that correct? Yes, it is. Uh, especially with the type of people we have uh, within the organization to enhance that player to get there. Um, you know, empowerment and empowering the player to to maximize who they want to be. And I think we have that foundation now in place. Um, so we are we are prepared for this moment. Um, and we're going to give it everything we possibly can to make sure that these players that we draft or even the, the first overall pick really becomes that player that Montreal needs it to be. And it's not just the first overall. Obviously, the Montreal Canadiens have the Calgary pick, and then next year, two more picks. Let's take ourselves out of, you know, we both receive our paychecks from the same franchise, Adam. However, a team having four first four first-round picks in two years, I mean, that's almost unheard of, right? How impressed are you as someone that's going to work with these players that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon have gone out and uh, secured, uh, you know, four first-round picks over the next two years? Well, from a development standpoint, it's a dream come true. You're, you're going to be guaranteed players that you can add, like really have an influence and an impact on. Um, so it's it's a dream come true what they've done. And and that was a goal of theirs to, to really be able to put themselves in positions like this to to get those players to that's the way you're going to be able to bring a franchise right around. Right. And bring it back to the to the top where everybody expects them to be. So it's, it's actually to me, am I impressed? No. Cause I know those guys would have done that, right? Like that's what they do. They're elite. Um, and so the, the fans really are, should be excited um, because we're going to, we've got a great development system in place for those players. So they are going to be given every opportunity to be able to, to become those players. Let's talk about this. So obviously it's not just the development, Adam. We have a question here uh, from Trizak asked, Adam, since you started with player development in Montreal, which player or players have taken the biggest steps forward? And I have a feeling I have an idea of which two players are going to mention here. But um, other than the guys that are maybe obvious, Adam, and let's talk about them. Is there anyone else that we should maybe keep an eye out for with the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, right now, it's just we're just trying to, to build, right? So keeping an eye out uh, for me, it's just all players because they're going to be given opportunity. Um, so every player right now is has a chance and an opportunity to really, you know, showcase what their their capabilities are and what their assets will be moving forward. So it is a lot of oper- lot of uh, optimistic uh, ability here for every player, right? And and for me, like that's what's exciting. Uh, the player that obviously that had the biggest impact so far is Cole Caulfield, as everybody would expect that to be um in to me like what unlocks skill is mindset mindset unlocks skill set because that's the brain is connected to the body and and when the mind is feeling very relaxed and free and and being able to do and and perform the way it needs to perform and there's no stress within the mind the body moves naturally and, and that's where cole the stress of of his game went away once uh, Marty and everything uh, changed. And so he was able to do things more organically. Um, and that, to me, is what it really allowed him to take that step that needed to uh, take. Um, for me, on the back end, uh, Romanov has really been phenomenal uh, for him. His his growth and to see his game from an offensive side has taken uh, – you know, a big jump. His defensive side has taken a big jump from his his pattering and his lines and, and how he's killing plays. Those elements have really taken a massive jump as well. Um, so for us, that that's kind of where we're trying to do right now. We're trying to take these guys and we're trying to build habits. So my, my job right now with these players is to really build the habits around uh, their game so that they're consistent. Consistency is what's going to drive excellence. And, and that's where these habits are going to come into play. And so we've kind of coined... Uh, our, our mantra for development as hab 
it's right. We want to create our identity. And so that's kind of where our player development mantra and identity is going to be built around habits. I love that because one of my habits is eating a poutine every day. And apparently that's something my <laughs> cardiologist tells me I have to, I have to give up here. Uh, so we have a question from the chat here, Adam, from Roktos, uh, from our friend Roktos sent this in to us. Hey, Adam, unrelated question to the draft, but what was your mind? Uh, what was your mind coming to the organization? Did you already have some kind of plan to work with the players or uh, did you truly want to evaluate the team beforehand? And I think this is a good question because oftentimes in hockey, Adam, and you know this quite well, um, tags and labels can be applied to certain players. Did you start fresh or, or did you already know what you were coming in to work with? Well, I, I already do uh, extensive work with a lot of players in the league prior to coming here. So I, I knew the, the Canadians pretty pretty well uh, and the players that were here. Um, basically, what I did the last three months uh, was was evaluate every player on the Canadians in the Laval Rocket and then look at our prospect pool. Um, and so what I did is I built a, a central intelligence platform where I, I am keeping and storing all my data and, and all my information on each and every player so that when I go on the ice and work with them, I know exactly what I need to do and, and talk to the player about to get them to really improve their game. So that's kind of where my mind goes uh, right away when I got the job was setting up that backend platform so that I could be detailed and, and really have a... Uh, a pathway for every player because I can go on the ice and work on generic things. And that's great. It, it might enlighten the player, but it's really not specific and tailored to them. And I need every single session to be tailored to those players uh, so that we can maximize our time. Cause in the professional level, time is of the essence, right? And, and we need to make sure that we have, uh, you know, enough time, but we got to make sure we're very detailed with our time because it's so few and far between. So that's really what I've done uh, in the past. So I had a plan coming in, uh, because that's how I built uh, the Chicago Steel back end, and, and I helped build the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, back end as well with that, as long as, uh, as well as with the ice components. So that's really, uh, you know, the short end of the answer to that to that question is I, I did have a plan coming in, and I knew exactly how I had to execute it, and I'm still in that process of, of building. The, that was music to my to my analytical ears there, uh, Adam. We're gonna get to our questions because we have a, a lot of Habs fans that want to ask questions. However. I want to talk about a particular person you 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 worked with in Chicago. He might have set franchise records. He might have been one of the most exciting USHL players of all time. He might have this shot that makes me redefine what physics are. Uh, let's talk about Sean Farrell and and just why is he so good? <laughs> so Sean Farrell to me is a very heady player. Uh, he is phenomenal. He knows how to read the ice. He's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. Uh, and for me, this guy is going to be very, very special. Um, he, he thinks the game and he has elite tools. Like his shot actually is very underrated. He can wire the thing. Um, and, and he's an elite passer. He knows how to reload, create speed differentials. He, he knows how to attack two checks to suck in multiple defenders to free up options for him to move pucks into. And, and his area passing is amongst the best I've seen. Um, so he, he can really manage a puck very well. And, and that's his strong suit, right? He's very good on the power play. Um, so for him, the, the number one, uh, you know, player development situation is just getting him more experience against men. Right. And that's why he's going to worlds. That's why he's playing in worlds is, is to get that experience against men. He was great in the Olympics. Everybody saw how good he was there. It's just continuously getting him that experience because he's undersized. Right. And so the more he's undersized, he just needs to know how to protect himself uh, against a 200 pound defender or 190 pound defender. And so he doesn't expose himself. And then he's out of the lineup because we want him in as much as we can. And then they just, just 
understanding the day-to-day grind of the NHL, that's going to help him as well. And, and for me, it's it's it, with him, him and I have got a great relationship and it's a lot of, you know, edge control and, and decel to re-acceleration stuff with him so that he can create more time and space on the puck. Because off the puck, this kid's a wizard. He knows where to move and, and where to go to get pucks with space. He, he rarely needs to, you know, problem solve heavy pressure. And, and that's usually a, a key component of a smart, heady, undersized player. So those are kind of my comments on Sean. And and, and Sean is a leader. He, he's a he's a quiet leader. But he, I, I call him the uh, the silent assassin because he, he's very quiet, but he competes. He wants to win in every capacity that he does. And uh, the word you mentioned there, Hetty, to me, my first reaction, Adam, just a smart, smart player. I mean, just just such a smart player. And I think that the Canadians have put an onus on that is is, is picking up smart players. So we have a really good question here. Hold on. I lost it in the chat. It was uh, 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 Bree Morgan. Uh, what are what? are the biggest non-skill related elements that you look for uh, in finding the right fit. So personality wise, how do you know when a player will slash won't work for the team? And I think this is really interesting, Adam, because these guys are kids. They're, I mean, they're, they're growing. They're, they're, they haven't quite taken that step to becoming full adults yet. So during these interviews, when you guys bring them into the rooms and you start asking those wacky questions, what are you looking for from these players? So obviously these are children and and we're in a time where they're very scrutinized for every single thing that they do. Right. And so my biggest element is, is kids are going to make mistakes. Players are going to make mistakes from a cultural standpoint, from a human standpoint, right? Like we look at them through hockey and as a, as a machine of a player, but at the same time, what we want to look at is their human elements and to see if they will fit within the culture. And you know, I I believe not every human is, is unblemished, right? We all have our, our scars and, and, we just need to own them. So if players own their scars and they put together in their own mind pathways to improve those, those scars and, and be able to acknowledge the fact that they made mistakes to me, those are really good qualities uh, because that means when they're in the room and players are looking at them like, man, I can't believe you just made that. And this player looks at everybody's like, in my bad, I'll correct it. I'll fix it. And I'm ready to go. So that's one element we really like to see is, you know, when they make mistakes out, out in public life, um, do they own up to it and do they correct it? And obviously if they keep repeating it, that's not owning up to it. And those are bad habits, right? We want to create very good habits where, you know, we're honest people. So the set, the, the other element that we, we look at um, is how they treat their parents, right? And, and how they uh, treat their coaches, their teachers that you, you can go to a local gas station that they go to and you can ask the, the clerk, the clerk, sorry, like, Hey, how is he? Does he say thank you when he pays? Does he, you know, asking those questions where nobody, would even look to go to, to ask those questions. Right. And, and so I, I learned that from Bruce Arians uh, when he was deciding whether to pick Peyton Manning or uh, it was another quarterback that they were looking at. Uh, I think it was uh, leaf uh, was his last name. And they found out that leaf uh, was not a very good person from a, a cultural standpoint. And so they really wanted Peyton Manning. Uh, that's when he was in, uh, in Indianapolis uh, for the Colts as their quarterback coach. So for me, like that's, those are, those are positive things uh, that we really want to um, uh, look at and, and get a gauge on from every player. Right. So that's kind of the, the short end of the answer for that question as well. And, and what uh, I think are, are massive elements. And, and then the other piece that you really want to see is like, you know, when the, when the person or player is dealt with stress and, and is dealt with confrontation, how do they deal with that? Right on the ice, off the ice, it's all relative, right? It's it's how they respond and react to 
really tough situations. And so you try to put in and, and get a gauge on that by asking questions uh, that we've put in place to get those answers. The number one thing for me is if I see, it doesn't matter if he's a hockey prospect, if someone treats someone badly, just in general, I don't want anything to do with them. So I think that translates well into a locker room as well is that, uh, you know, treat everyone the way you want to be treated. And I think hockey teams, they're no different when they look for, for young men. It's that level of respect and, um, uh, you know, lack of arrogance, I think, overall, which is the most uh, enticing thing for a hockey team. All right. From MTL. MTL always willing to send us in questions. Thank you, MTL. What's the biggest adjustment you work on with players coming from Europe? Uh, uh, obviously, she mentions a different size, but to me, Adam, and listen, I, I know I know she doesn't want to hear my answer, but it's more the cultural change, right? You're talking about a new play, a new coach, new rink, new new teammates, new food. You know, you don't you don't. If I got ripped away from my mom's, uh, 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 you know, pati uh, pati shnua, I'd be really upset. So, what type of adjustments do you make for players coming in, especially prospects, young men from Europe? Well, if you're talking from strictly the on ice element first, um, it, it is the space, right? It does make a big difference. Uh, the reason it makes a big difference, if you look at the neurological side, is it's no different from when you're driving a car. So if you go into a, you know, a, a, an 18 wheeler and then you go down to a sports car, you've got to learn space, right? You've got to learn how to turn your radius and, and how to maneuver those size vehicles. Uh, and that's no different from the body. The body is, is however big the body is, it's used to turning in a, in a bigger space. Now you shrink the space. They have to learn and adapt. So it just becomes a constraint. And, and so the body, usually, if you build environments and we practice and train these European players in environments that are going to occur in the NHL, whether it's corner work, entry work, you know, small space games where we can in, increase their neurological awareness so that they can problem solve and figure out how to move their body in the tighter space. That's the, that's how we really help the European players is, is getting their neuroplasticity and, and their mental recall to fire faster and quicker in the tight space so that their natural body movements that they already have and that they've done over in Europe for so many years now translates to the smaller ice surface. So that's, that's the on ice element, the off ice element component for me, uh, because of social media and those elements, they're pretty much aware now of what's going on over here and over there. So it's not so foreign to them as much as it is foreign, but it's really not because we're so close and connected through social media elements. Uh, and they see TikTok videos, they know what to expect, right? Um, and then we have our development camp that gets them a feel. The only thing that really at first uh, for them that, that struggles is obviously the time change. Um, getting that and obviously the, their parents aren't close enough to just come and see them and jump on a flight and see them they have to really plan that right so those are the those are the key elements there that we have to make sure we're aware of right and and obviously when they come over here and you don't have your friends and everybody's close you got to make sure you you insulate them and you support them and you're around them all the time so they feel like okay I have a support team here and they don't get anxiety and, and and they don't get to feel depressed and those are things we're very very aware of and and without having people to connect with after they leave the rink we don't want them sitting at home and, and in their and in their beds or couches and, and feeling alone right and so we were constantly trying to build those those elements with the european players all right we have one last question left adam and you're doing great and uh, here's my question who are the canadians drafting first overall no comment Okay, I tried. I tried for all of you. I really did my best there. That was my best pitch. So 
we have one last question, and it comes from uh, Revelo Gamer Four. Adam, how much is it different to evaluate a forward from a defenseman from a goalie prospect? Wow. Okay. Answer that in like 15 seconds. No, no, no. Take your time, Adam. But uh, what do you look for in a forward? You know, primarily, I know it's very much in depth, but forward, goalie, defenseman, what are the three traits that you'd look for first in those three positions? So to to talk about forward and defenseman for me, um, the way my lens works, this is how I, I, I have key uh, key performance indicators that I really go through. And, and for me, it's true understanding of the game. Um, a lot of times these young players, they're, they're very one-on-one esque where they're always trying to react to plays where they get the puck and they try to dangle everything real fast and, and try to respond as pucks come to them. So for me, I, I reverse engineered it. Um, I look at it through principles of play. Um, do they find space? Uh, are they creating two-on-ones and that's on and off the puck. And for me, are they generating, you know, ability to score? And then you look at that from a defensive element. Okay, do they kill space? Do they deny two-on-ones? And so those are key elements that, uh, you know, I look for first and foremost is the principles of play. Are they applying them correctly? Then from there, we go into the physical elements. Uh, you know, how well do they protect pucks? Can they get it away from their body? Do they have good upper body, lower body separation? Um, so that's really what we look at when it comes to both both positions. Um and when it comes to a defenseman, like a lot of people want to like, okay, we want a shutdown D-man. Well, what exactly is a shutdown D-man, right? And so we have key performance indicators to identify those situations, right? Like uh, we got Jack Eyed, that's a prospect for us. That guy is absolutely electric shutdown D-man and very strong and powerful, right? And so those are key performance indicators that will let lend us to where we can expect his growth to be. And then for us, it's, okay, can we add in some offensive elements and principles and reads that he's probably not so prone to right now because of the role in which he is in, right? So those are the things that we look at when it comes to evaluating forward and defensemen. To me, you got to have key performance indicators, which I have, and I don't want to give too many away uh, with what I think are are key elements for each. Um, And then I don't evaluate goalies, uh, but what I understand from guys that I respect that do evaluate goaltending, they look at how a goalie moves when the puck is in the zone and how they move prior to shots. It's not about the shot. It's about how they're moving and tracking pucks and putting themselves in position to optimally make the saves and and, and have a higher rate of save percentage by how they move as the puck is moving around the zone. So that's kind of short end of the answer for that that question as well and and what we kind of try to look for. I, I don't think, you know, having, you know, set differences with forward and defensemen are, are really – uh, that different if you look at the game from a principal lens because uh, I did a study on soccer uh, lacrosse and basketball and hockey and when you look at those sports uh, as a whole from a principal element and lens they're actually the same exact sport they're all about two-on-ones finding space and scoring and there's no difference the only difference is the domain and, and the constraints that are built in the domain like number of players uh, the type of type of uh, playing object only can use a stick only can use your feet can only use your hand you got to dribble Th- those elements are, are are what are different but the true principles of the, those games hold true and and that's what we we have to teach these young players these these uh, principles because a lot of them again with how they train and and work on their skills it's it's very isolated block training and uh and, and so for me that's why it's if you can find players that understand how to play the game like your Sean Farrell's who has elite understanding of, of, of uh, game principles, those guys are, are very intriguing. 
Um, yeah, sorry for uh, just resume your entire like uh, philosophy and career in like 30 seconds. I don't, that was the last question there, but you nailed it. And uh, the Habs fans are loving this. So before we let you go, I mean, I have one last question and I hope my producer won't hate me for this, but I mean, I'm going to name three names and tell me which one you like most. How about that? So if I said Cooley Wright Slavkovsky, is there a name that you like most? Just We're not talking about hockey, Adam. Here. We're just randomly talking about nothingness. Is there a name that, that, that you love out of those three? I mean, for, for me personally, um, you know, they're all very good players. Um, it, it's are they going to be the right the right fit for us. And we have to dive deep on them to make sure that they're the right fit. And, and, and do they have the right growth? So, you know, you look, you look at a Shane Wright, you know, he's a very, very great, you know, he's a elite player. You look at Cooley's an elite player. Slavkovsky's an elite player. They all have different elements though. They're all very different in their own right. Uh, you know, and, and that's really, uh, you know, something that you've got to consider how much will their game transfer to the NHL and be successful. That's the type of dive that we're in. Uh, and to know that, you know, this guy is going to go faster. This guy will take time, et cetera. You put them in different buckets, but they all have different things. To be honest with you, Mark, like I'd like to give you an answer. Like, who do I like more? It's it's like, do I like golden apples? Do I like red delicious apples? Do I like green apples? Like, they're all very good. It, it, they're just different. They have a different little, uh, you know, uh, sourness to them and, and taste. I, I'd love to tell you, like, I like to have all three. Let's just put it that way. I mean, the answer, it's clear to me, Adam, is just draft the, the player that will have the best career. Why? It's so simple. Why, <laughs> exactly. why don't you guys always do that? And, and I mean, if you have a guy that's broken records at every single stage of his career in goal scoring, like Cole Caulfield, I think you draft him fifth overall. That's the kind of thing that I would do, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and uh, we're not going to ask you about Nemec and Yerichek, but hey, 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 before we go, and, and again, my producer's been been very nice to me. There's, we've talked forwards. There's some exciting right-handed defensemen available. And listen, Adam, you've given us our, your time, but they're, regardless of where the Canadians end up here, the Montreal Canadians will end up with an amazing player. And I think you can agree with that, right, Adam? Yeah, no, I do. I think there is uh, some really good right shot D-men available. Um, yeah, so. we, we we just got we just got a good one though, and, and Baron, right? Like we just we traded for him. He he's got a very very bright future. He's gonna be he's a guy that can is gonna explode here. So we're looking forward to to really building his development pathway and and getting him to that level. Like so for us, it's it's exciting. It's exciting to to get right handed shot D man, and and that's obviously it's not no secret. A lot of teams are trying to do that. And we've seen when Kent Hughes uh, took over, it was about speed, uh, talent, and goal scoring. He talked about size too, but we always talked about the goal scoring. And that's something a Baron and Smilanik and uh, a few other prospects can do. That is it for us. Hey, listen. Thank you so much, Adam. Uh, Adam and Nicholas, the Director of Hockey Development with the Montreal Canadiens. Adam, Thank you so much for joining us, for answering fan questions. We really appreciate it, and we really look forward to the draft. It should be pretty darn exciting. Can I can I real quick get a Go Habs Go from you? <laughs> go Habs Go, baby. Let's go. 